The Healing Word Ministry on One Place is brought to you by the generous donations of people like you. At any time during today's message, feel free to send a prayer request or make a donation using the links provided. Now, I pray you will be blessed as Pastor Jack Morris delivers a message from the Word of God that will encourage and strengthen your faith in Him. If you forget everything else in this sermon this morning, hear this, depending on how we handle our brokenness, we become stronger, stronger in the broken places, or we get angry, we begin blaming, we're unforgiving, we become bitter. Now, it all depends on how you handle your difficulty and your brokenness. I think at some point in everyone's life, we can all identify with brokenness, whether it involves a relationship, a financial hardship, or a personal struggle. On the Healing Word program today, Pastor Jack Morris examines the effects of brokenness on our lives and steps that we can take to respond in a biblical way. Let's join the congregation at the Largo Community Church for today's message, Strong in the Broken Places. If we could take all of our problems, everybody here could take all of our problems and throw them into a pile, and then we would see everybody else's problems, we'd reach in and grab ours back real quick. <laughs> Life is not really tidily tied up in a sweet little package with a pink ribbon. It's not like that. Life has a way of breaking us, and everybody is broken sometime or other, and maybe more times than just once. But life is a gift, and we thank God for the gift. Ernest Hemingway, uh, author and journalist, now deceased, said these words, the world breaks everyone, and some get strong in the broken places. Now you think about that for just a moment. The world breaks everyone, but some get strong in the broken places. Think about the people who have broken health. Had good health, but now it's broken. Somebody stricken with heart disease. Somebody had a stroke. Good things, but now not so good. Broken in their career, broken mentally, broken emotionally, causing a lot of pain, a lot of grief, and a lot of disappointment. You know, we live in a broken world. We live in a broken world. But here's what I want to say, and in the name of the Lord Jesus, if you forget everything else in this sermon this morning, hear this depending on how we handle our brokenness. We become stronger, stronger in the broken places, or we get angry, we begin blaming, we're unforgiving, we become bitter. Now, it all depends on how you handle your difficulty and your brokenness. One says, you know, so-and-so made me angry. No, 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 no. The anger was already, you have an angry heart. You have an attitude that is on tiptoe, waiting for somebody to tick you off. 
you're already ready to get mad. And the least little provocation. Listen, friends, nobody, nobody can make you angry, can make you happy, can make you sad, can cause you to rejoice, but you. You become what you want to become. It's how we handle the brokenness that comes to us. Now, there was a goldsmith in the country of India, and he would take a small vessel, something, something about like this, and he would take a piece of ore, a gold piece, and put it in it, just a small piece, and then he would put it over the fire, and then the fire would take that hard lump and melt it down until it became liquid. And then he would turn the fire out, and he would wait for it to cool. And when it cooled, the gold, being heavy, would go to the bottom, and all the impurities, all the dross, would come to the top. Then he would take it, and he would, he would take it, and he'd wipe the dross off of it. And then he'd put it back in the fire, melt it down again. And then he would do it again. And a bystander standing by asked him, said, Sir, how do you know when it's finished? And do you know what he says? When I can see the reflection of my face in the ore. Difficulties come because God is refining us so that he'll get us to the place where we can act like Jesus. Amen. Not like the devil. <laughs> Till I can see the image of my face in the ore. God is doing something with us. He was reviled, but he reviled not. He was as a lamb led to the slaughter, yet he opened not his mouth. And we can't wait to get our mouth open. We've got to tell somebody. We've been hurt. Like we're the only person that has ever walked in this world. Friend, who hasn't been hurt? And most of our hurt comes from somebody else, usually. Birds don't hurt me. Rabbits don't hurt me. Creation doesn't hurt me. It's people. But people, I really believe, are basically good, and they don't want to hurt people. They don't want to hurt each other. But we are human. We live in this world, and things happen. They just happen. And who knows why they happen. But listen, the good news, I've got some good news. Trouble has an expiration date. <laughs> the only thing that lasts forever is heaven this too shall pass but you know when you're going through something it seems like time almost stands still particularly when you're pitching on a hot pillow in the night with fever you just wonder will morning ever come or when you're trying to get well from surgery or or uh, a broken heart, a divorce. It just seems like it just goes on and on and on. But every problem, every trouble has an expiration date. We'll return to the message today, following this invitation for you to check out thehealingword.com. There you'll find inspirational testimonies, messages from the Word of God to empower your spiritual life, and the Pray Now app that you can access to pray with Pastor Morse over a need in your life. 
Everything we offer on TheHealingWord.com is our free gift to you. So go there today and be healed. Now, let's return to the conclusion of today's message. The scripture says, and we read it just a moment ago, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. <laughs> Praise be to the Lord. Now, why? How many letters are in why, the word why? Three. That's one of the smallest letters, smallest words, but it's one of the most often asked questions, one of the most often thought questions. Why? Why? Why did God let this happen? Why did this happen? Why? Why did it happen to me? I'm good. I go to church. Why? That person that hurt me was a Christian. Why? You know, and we just go on with that. Why? Now, don't get your hopes up. I'm not going to answer that question this morning. <laughs> you know, if I could answer that question, I'd be the most sought-after speaker in all the world. Theologians and pastors and philosophers have been trying to answer that question for centuries with unsatisfactory answer. Nobody can find out why. Why do some marriages fail and other marriages succeed? Why do some people get cancer? Why are some stricken with a heart disease? Why somebody has a stroke? Why some bodily or physical organ fails? Why? Why prejudice? Why discrimination? Why problems in race relationships that we've been trying to educate ourselves out of for centuries? And it's still here. Still here. It's just been sort of smoothed over just a little bit, but it's still here. Why do some people live in poverty and other people live in luxury? Why? 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 The question goes on. Have you ever wondered when you get to heaven, all your questions will be answered? I, I, I just wonder, is there a line in heaven where we're all going to line up and over their banner it's going to say, get your answers, get your questions answered over here? <laughs> you know, I think when we get to heaven, one of two things, either we're already going to know or number two, it just won't matter. And I'm inclined to believe in the latter. It just won't matter. Now, how do we respond? I have talked about that a moment ago. We get angry. We may get angry. Or we may begin blaming. Or, or we may find God. We may find God. Would you put the picture of Johnny Erickson Tata up on the screen, please? You may have heard of Johnny Erickson Tata, the girl, the lady in a wheelchair since July 1967. Now, Johnny is so erect in that wheelchair because of the braces in her back and holding her up. She can only turn her head. She can't lift her arm. She can't move her knee. Uh, she can't move that wheelchair. She can't comb her hair. She cannot brush her teeth. She can't reach up and do something like this. Scratch her head. She can't do any of that. 
when she has given a bath, it takes a team of people to help her. She can't move anything but her head. And look at her drawing with her teeth. Well, what happened? Johnny is from Baltimore, Maryland. Johnny went to college in Westminster, Maryland, Western Maryland College, the same college my daughter graduated from. Johnny was a young, vibrant lady, young girl. She liked horseback riding. She liked hiking. She liked tennis. She liked swimming. And she and some of her girlfriends went down to the Chesapeake Bay, and she dove into the bay not knowing that it was very shallow, and she broke her neck. For two years, she was in rehabilitation. She tried to commit suicide. She had suicidal thoughts. Who wants to live like that in that condition? She was depressed. She was angry with God. Why did God allow this to happen? Why? What purpose? What good does God get out of anything like this? But after about two years, Johnny turned to God with all of her heart. I mean all of her heart. That's what I said a moment ago. You know, if we think we have problems, if we cast it into a pile, we'd see everybody else's. We'd grab ours back real quick. <laughs> <laughs> and Johnny immersed herself in the Word. Johnny has written 48 books. She has a five-minute radio program daily on a thousand stations. She has started two humanitarian organizations, and she has sent wheelchairs all over the world. You know, some become bitter, some become better, and Johnny became better. The world breaks everyone, and some get strong in the broken places. And if affliction refines some, they consume others. I never met Johnny, but I was going to get on an elevator, and she was getting off the elevator, and she passed right by me, and everybody wants to speak to Johnny. I didn't speak to her. I didn't want to trouble her, bother her, stop her. She was on her way somewhere. I've heard her speak, Karen and I, at a conference. But what a Christian, and what a message, and, and what an effort she has put forth. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Okay, now I want to tell you about another lady, Amy Carmichael. Could you put that picture up on the screen, please? Amy Carmichael died in 51. She was a young girl that was raised in Northern Ireland in a very strict Presbyterian home. When she was 18 years old, she went to the mill where a lot of poverty girls worked, and she began to talk to them about Jesus. Friend, have you talked to anybody about Jesus lately? I mean, just one-on-one. -on -one. She talked to these poverty girls about Jesus. She started a Sunday school class. And that class grew to 500 girls. Then she heard Hudson Taylor talk about missions, and he quoted the Jesus who said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every person. And that young girl, unmarried, you know, you, you just don't have to get a husband. You know that? <laughs> it's sometimes not necessary to get a wife. Well, scratch that one. <laughs> but there's opportunities to work for God. But if you need any help, come and see me, and I'll give you some addresses. 
and some names. But Amy sailed for India. This young girl went to India and she began to witness to these people of India. India, the nation of, listen, 200 million gods. They don't know who to worship. But she went to tell them about Jesus, the true God, the one God that rose from the dead after carrying our sins in his body on the tree. She tried so hard, so innocent, so, so pure was Amy. And she, she wanted to blend in, but she didn't know how. So she took strong coffee and dyed her skin so that she might blend in more and look more like an Indian woman. And she started wearing the Indian garb. Well, the main thing of the story is Amy rescued 1,000 young little girls from the Hindu temple where these little girls were sold into slavery and prostitution. And she built a home for them in southern India. And she took them all in and she cared for them. Well, she had a, a nervous system that was dysfunctional that would cause her to be in bed for weeks at a time. She couldn't get out of bed. But that didn't stop her from working for God. She kept on working. She kept on rescuing girls. She would even go into the, into the temple and pick up one of these children and, and carry them out to the protest of the priest. She cared for them. She worked for them because she knew she was a child of God. And these people needed God. And she had the means to give God to them. Well... 20 years before she died, this poor soul fell and had a terrible fall. It just stopped her ministry, the, the, way, the ministry that she had. But you know, a person who is called is really called. Really called. Really called. So she began to write, and she wrote about 13 books. And during those years of 20 years, unable to go into the temple and rescue girls, but yet she still had her girls and she kept caring for them, she would write thousands of letters to young people talking to them about missions and encouraging them to go into, into missionary work. And they asked her, they said, what advice would you give to somebody who wants to be a missionary? She told them, prepare to die. <laughs> you go into that Sunday school class or to that choir or to that pulpit and there you die for the remainder of your life. You give your life to that call. You stay there, you work, and you love, you serve. Him, it's all to him. And when Amy died in 1951, she asked that there would be no tombstone put in her grave. So the girls of her, that she had rescued were ever, forever grateful. They put a bird bath there with one word on it. A-M-M-A, -M -M -A, I guess it would pronounce Emma, which is mother in the dialect of, the, uh, of, of India, one of the dialects. You know, some get bitter, some get better. The world breaks everyone. Some get strong in the broken places. God uses what we give to him. Now, I'm going to tell you one more story. Nelson Mandela, would you put his picture up, please? For... 20-some years incarcerated, not because he did anything wrong. All he did was try to love people and treat everybody equally. For, let me, how many years? Let me, how many, 20? Oh, you know the story better than I do. Come on up and tell it. 
27 years. He was the longest incarcerated political uh, uh, prisoner at that time. 27 years. You know, that's a long time to think. Someone said, you know, I've been mistreated. 27 years. Somebody said something. Somebody ignored me. 27 years. And when he got out, you know what he told his people? Forgive. Forgive. He told his people, now focus on the future. Don't look back. Don't go back there with your thoughts. Look ahead. And together, let's build a new United Nation. Now, that isn't human to say forgive. That isn't human to say let's focus on the future. That isn't human to say let's love one another, build together. Do you know what happened? Because of his influence, he averted what the world thought was going to be a bloodbath in South Africa. You know, some people get bitter. Some people get better. But God is working today, and I don't know what is going on in your life, but I know something is happening. I know that. But God is trying to refine us. He's getting rid of that dross. Do you know why the dross came to the surface? That anger that came to the surface? Those words that came to the surface? Do you know why? Because it was in there. It couldn't come to the surface if it weren't there. And God has showed you something that you needed to see. And now the Holy Spirit wants to wipe that off. God is doing a revival in your heart and you don't even know it. He's making you more like Jesus. And soon Jesus will see a reflection of himself in your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. A pastor went to the home of this man and woman. And uh, the, the man lost his eyesight. He couldn't see anymore. He became blind. And he couldn't work. And so the wife was the sole support of the family. Now these are truly Bible-believing uh, Bible couple. She became the sole support of the family. And then she had a stroke. Sometimes, you know, that, that question, why do bad things happen to good people? She had a stroke and she couldn't work. And the pastor was over at the house and the pastor said to her, he said, you know, like we, like we all say, I'm praying for you. Do you know what she said? What are you asking God to do for me? It stumped him. He stopped for a moment. <laughs> he hesitated. He thought. He said, well, he said, I'm asking God to heal you, and I'm asking God to help you and to comfort you. And she said, well, pastor, I appreciate that so much. She said, but there's one more request that I want you to take to the Lord for me, and that is ask God to help me that I won't waste all this suffering. Hey, you didn't hear what I just said, did you? Yeah. Ask God to help me. Can we waste Suffering, we'll only have to go back and, and go through it all over again. It'll come back. Chickens come home to roost. <laughs> God's seeking to make a reflection of himself in your heart and in your life. Can we waste suffering? Well, let me tell you just a quick little story, about two sentences. Job's wife said to her husband, why don't you curse God and die? Wouldn't that have been a waste? Wouldn't that have been a waste? So friend, whatever is going on in your life today, look to the Lord. 
Let God refine you. Trust in Him until He sees the image of His face that your life might become a reflection. We pray that today's message, Strong in the Broken Places, has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. By trusting in Him and handing all of your cares and burdens over, you'll not only survive broken situations, but you will emerge with a new sense of strength. I invite you to trust Him today and then watch as He answers your prayers in His perfect time. Would you consider partnering with Pastor Morris and supporting the Healing Word Ministry with your prayers and donating to keep the gospel of Jesus Christ reaching thousands? Go to thehealingword.com and click the donate button to pledge your support. And remember, the faith-building message you heard today is our gift to you. Your donation is your gift to God. Join us tomorrow for another Healing Word message. Until then, blessings on you.